Hello and welcome to the Coolest Kids. I am one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins, joined by your other host, Brock a Wilbur. Mountain for which, what? A mountain for which cats to climb upon. Uh, I'm a kitty dad now for more more than one kitty. <laughs> you're you're a multiple. You're a. Uh, I'm trying. I was trying to think of a sitcom that had twins on it. But I was thinking of uh, Fall House, and that wasn't twins. Wait, no, those twins in the later season. (laughs) I was thinking the early. I don't like that show, so I don't remember all of it. I enjoyed that show as a kid, and now as an adult, like uh, a family member of a Viz family has like like likes it so much that she brought DVDs of it on vacation with Ew. us so that we could yeah. watch the episode that they go to Hawaii while we were in Hawaii. And I was like, this is, this is perhaps yeah, too I, much. Like if, was, you, if you can't appreciate Hawaii without bringing a 94 episode of television with you about Hawaii, then you don't get Hawaii. Yeah. I watched it. I enjoyed it as a child, but I've tried to watch it within the last few years. And I'm just like, oh, this show is miserable. This is a bad show. Have you watched any of the reboot? No, I refuse to. Uh, so it, it 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 opens with like a series of jokes about all the much more su- about about the the sisters uh the the like how they couldn't get them booked to come back and do the reboot. Uh, and it's basically just like a series of jokes about how they're too successful to remember their roots anymore. And it's like, well, they're the only ones that are successful. Like everyone else here <laughs> hasn't worked since the last fucking thing. Like, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know what you're doing trying to shit on. I'm like, oh, you got Uncle Joey to come back for the day. Congrats, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like John Stamos. He's uh, selling yogurt and starring in some show. <laughs> and. The rest of, and like Candace, Candace Cameron, she, I don't know, followed her, uh, followed her brother down into the the well of, uh, we can make money off Christianity. Yes. So, uh, but also trying to sell your sexuality, like there's a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's real weird and it doesn't make any sense and I hate it. Um, but today mm-hmm. we're not we're not reviewing we're not reviewing Full House. We're not reviewing uh, Christianity. <laughs> Although, We're not reviewing although I feel like we get into that in like a third of the episodes. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're actually talking about an album that I really like. That I was surprised that I like when I bought it because okay. I bought it like when it first came out. Uh, Set your goals. Uh, this will be the death of us, which is their second album, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, it's their second album. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I remember all my friends. Uh, not even all my friends, but this was like one of the bands that was on like the periphery of like bands that my friends liked. Um, like this was this was definitely the changeover in pop punk. Because uh, this album isn't straight pop punk. There's a lot of like hardcore in it. Yeah. Um, but this was th- like I always heard this band along with like Four Year Strong and. God, I can't remember all those bands that all have like three word names and all sound vaguely the same. Um, Suns never but rising. This, <laughs> what'd you say? Suns never rising. Yeah, so yeah, it was just like it was like names like that. Faces face um, forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colorado, 
mountain range. Fucking, it's like all of them were just vaguely the same, and all of the guys look vaguely the same. Uh, but I had bought, I remember writing this album at the, this is the last Warp Tour I went to, it was 2000, this album was not released in 2015, Genius, when was this? Yeah, 2009, I double checked that too, 2009. I was looking at, I was like, that can't be true, Haley Williams doesn't exist <laughs> in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah this album came out in the 2009 the it was the last uh it was the last warp tour i went to and i had bought this album and uh, i remember it came with a shirt and i really liked the shirt i don't have the shirt anymore i don't even remember what was on the shirt um but uh i really liked this album because i had never listened to them but they were different from the other uh, bands that were around their same sort of noise range. They're sort of pop punk hardcore. Uh, like they still had some of the fun songs. Like there's still like fun songs you listen to in the summer. But then there's like hardcore songs on here, which I really appreciated. Um, and I don't think a lot of my friends listen to them. Uh, so this was just like my thing that I listened to. Uh, so what'd you think? How uh, do you like it? Uh, so <laughs> I appreciate the, the band's name is set your goals. This is, uh, this is continuing our streak of like, I've never even fucking heard of them. Uh, <laughs> the, it's uh, set your goals is absolutely the name for this band because, uh, when the album starts, it feels like it has that thing that I really love about like teenagers that have old souls and are like kind of grumpy about stuff and have sort of a pessimistic view on things. But instead of that, it's just more of an old soul that has this optimistic view on things. So there's a lot of like actual, like this is an album about goal setting and self-improvement. And like it, 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 it comes from a place that it's like the stuff is wise beyond its years, but that's, that's like, I had that thought, like this is, this band sounds older than they are right before a song where there's a breakdown where they're like, can I get a smoothie? Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. There's just a guy like, I'm just trying to get my smoothie on dog. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was just like, the fuck is, so it's, <laughs> it's infused with just enough to remind you that like, these are kids making kid music for kids. That's fun. Uh, and then it's like hiding your medicine in your, in a dog's food there for like some of this positivity. Right. And I was just like, Oh, I, I really enjoy this because like the way I'm used to this going, uh, is that you get like a, a brand new sort of thing where it's an 18 year old who's like, you know what? I'm already basically three times divorced in my heart. And you're like, well, shit, <laughs> that sounds like you've, you've been through a lot. Uh, and this right. one sounds like they haven't been but they know just enough to pass down like some like this is basically like an older brother telling you like right better. And it's it's done in such a, a fun way. And like it does uh, out of nowhere, like get into some like fucking heavy riffs. And then it goes back yes. into this sort of pop punk thing. And I was like, this is it, it, it is another one of those albums. that was like, if I put this on in the background, it would be. It's perfect because it's just all these cool, fun riffs, and it goes all over the place from, like, songs that sound very Blink-182 to songs that sound, like, much smarter and bigger, Uh, but it's all very clearly the same band, which is uh, an interesting thing to pull off here. I think it it shows that it's very 2009 instead of very 2004. Uh, Right. (laughs) This is far enough along in emo that you can be like, let's blend some of those uh, into something, and it'll be palpable to people. Uh... I yeah I I really 
I, I did laugh out loud at that moment because I was like, this is such a smart band. And he's like, yo, dog, let's get chili dogs. And it's like, the, what the <laughs> fuck is who let Cobra Starship into the studio uh, to do a rap breakdown? Or, uh, here's Haley Williams out of nowhere asking if she can do right. a guest spot. Uh, she's right. like, well, this is all weird, but like none of it is bad. Uh, and, you, you know, I can't guess what's happening on the next song, which is always uh, a strength for me. Uh, it is. I do want to, is the rest of their catalog like this, like weirdly inspirational like stuff? <laughs> I, th- I think so. Uh, I listened to the next album. It didn't catch me as much. Like I liked the next album, but I didn't catch me as much. Like the rest of their stuff didn't catch me as much as this album did, but I do like the rest of what I've heard. Okay. Um, but the thing you were saying about how like it kind of goes into heavier stuff, like, but it's also about like self-improvement and like, there's a song, the song that Haley Williams is on, it, it, the, one of the lines in the song is, uh, hold on, I just, had the, I just had the tabs up, but I don't remember the name of the song. Um, it's a, yeah, the, uh, shit, well, I just had it, I just lost it, I just had it and lost it. The Few That Remain is the name of the song, uh, and it's got Haley Williams on it, and the, uh, the what really got me especially about now it says who's to blame on the mighty fall from grace where like all these kind of guys are being called out for their really shitty behavior um and the like the song touches on this and like it's it it feels out of place in the music scene from 2009 or even like the 2000s like it feels very out of place and uh but it's also not it's not like poking, like, I feel like it's not poking you in the chest, which I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of like punk bands do like political punk bands. Like they're always just kind of like poking you in the chest. Like, Hey man, this is real stuff, man. Like, I feel like all their lyrics are just in with man. But what I really liked about this is that they, they talk about like important stuff, but it's not, it's not in a way that like, it feels like they're blaming you or they're blaming like the small guy or something like right. that. It's like they're pointing fingers at who needs to be whose fingers need to pointing at or whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah. I I think that your, your subtle def, uh, distinction here is that like a lot of music, especially punk music is you can do better, man. And uh, this is very man. You can do better. Uh, it's, it's an inspirational yes. like push for change, but it's, it's not a, shove in the back or a push into the chest it's like picking you up with a hug uh it is i i i feel like this i feel like this band should be doing very fucking well like now like this this seems like like if if kyle gatto was a band uh this is a very andrew (laughs) wk sort of positivity and like this is the sort of band that it feels like uh like 2015 onward if you're just this positivity punk band that's like laying out goal setting in in your lyrics uh that like your interviews should sell you more than your music like we're about to talk to the band that's that's teaching millennials how to yeah it's i like so much about it and it seems i it it was very funny to be like oh they're it's it's actually their name they just they knew what they were doing they named themselves that yeah uh, how to how to win friends and influence mosh pits like they they should they just self-help as music but like enough of it is also dumb 
but never like n- never like dumb dumb never like over the, over the top like there's enough fun stuff here that's right party music yeah it's it's also- it's, it's- <laughs> It's fun. Yeah. It's fun, but stupid. Like the part where he talks about, like where, like the song about friendship, uh, where he yes. talks about, um, it's called Summer Jam, uh, <laughs> where he talks about, I'm just trying to get my smoothie on, dog. It's literally just like, hey, like things change sometimes, but we're still friends and like we're, like we play music together. It's basically about the band and like it's just, but it, like again, and I feel like a lot of pop punk falls into this, this trap of, uh, I don't like I don't I don't know how to explain this one because it's not it's kind of like the finger poking thing, but it's so like drilled down into like man friendship yeah like it's it feels more like they're telling a story about themselves and telling instead of having like this broad stroke of friendship just like friendship's awesome and it's like no this is our story this is our band. <laughs> Uh, but talking about the political thing, I was thinking about like going to Warp Tour a lot, uh, seeing this band. Like I saw them perform the year. I, I, that's why I bought the album. Um, but I, I saw Anti Flag, uh, the first Warp Tour I went to. Right. And like that, it just completely turned me off because it was just like this scrawny white guy on stage yelling like the most. It's like. Like, even at the time when I wasn't a very political person, like, it just felt, like, very overwrought and overblown and not a, not a, a, like, I understood his message, but it just, it was just, I don't know, it was bad. (laughs) Like, it, it, like, it, it was, it was very pointing, pointing at you, just, like, sticking your finger in your chest and twitter activism before twitter was a thing <laughs> did, did you know that people were insufferable before online they were called anti-flag <laughs> a, a band a band who i love and have sunk, sunk so much time into but now even you bringing up their name makes me laugh because we we had this talk earlier this week and we, we won't get into the specifics on the podcast here but uh there are a lot of calls on twitter right now for like uh people to boycott certain products and services uh and especially when you're taking on like a multinational corporation or something and you're gonna pick like a day to turn things off or something we had a discussion about how many things like from our lifetimes that we've uh bailed on and i i brought up that in high school i was in a punk band where they convinced me that we couldn't eat taco bell because of how taco bell pays their mexican tomato pickers uh and like i didn't wind up having taco bell till i was 27 on political grounds uh, and then when I had Taco Bell, I was like, the fuck was I doing? And also, like, I wasn't going to bring down Taco Bell. And also, right. yeah, everyone has discriminatory, discriminatory practices and does shitty things to their workers. It's called capitalism. Like, we're all in the same fuck. Right. Bar. Like, no one's no one's right. doing well except for people at the very tippy top anywhere else. Everyone else has a shit job and people in other countries are going to get shit on extra bad. And it's like, you know what? I want to I have those fights, but you got to pick the fight and you got to pick it in a way that like does something. Uh, we were talking about one specific right. uh, protest where uh, we were like, I think the people protesting this are actually going to wind up making more money for the company in the long run. It's like, you know what? Think these things through, give it more than 30 seconds. So (laughs) it it reminds me, I don't remember when it was. This was probably 10 ish years ago, maybe a little less when uh, everyone was just like, uh, don't buy gas on this day. Nobody buy gas on this day. Right. 
and it'll show this company that such and such. And then like, I saw it like for like a year, there were, there was like once a month, somebody was like, don't buy gas today. And then somebody, that's even worse. The little ripple repercussion days where people are like, it's going to work again today. And you're like, Greg, you're the only one posting about this, bud. You didn't even hashtag this time. (laughs) Somebody did a breakdown of just like, Hey, this isn't going to work at all because like you would have to, it was like an absurdly long time where nobody would have to buy gas for it to make any difference. Right. Because one, like we, like you said, we're all under capitalism. We have to, we have to buy, like I have to go to work. (laughs) Like I can't just not buy gas because I have to go to work to make money so I can buy more gas so I can go to work and make more money so I can buy shit. Like the ultimate it protest sucks. is never making money and then dying. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks, but like we have to do what we have to do and like forcing people who are poor to uh to not buy stuff is just like hurting the poor people. The billionaire is like that's not gonna do anything like that's not gonna affect his pocket ever because he has a billion dollars like do you know how much money a billion dollars is that is what product do I have ten hundred millions <laughs> what what product do I have to stop buying to uh, defeat Elon Musk <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I think you just I, have to defeat him I, I yeah he doesn't have any real world products. I'm not like buying his space car or his underground series of tubes. Like, how do I protest Elon Musk? You're not buying his flamethrower. Like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm not buying anything from the boring company. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's like it's just you're not like I said. You're just affecting the smaller people without punching up at the the bigger people. Right. Like they're still gonna have that money. Like you have to work on like the only way you're gonna affect that rich person is if you physically affect them now i'm not saying (laughs) i'm not saying you should punch jeff bezos in the face i'm not saying you should throw molotov at his house but if that were to happen i wouldn't feel bad for him uh, like I, I if, think I think if you punch Jeff Bezos, you have to like turn around like you're walking away from ex- an exploding car and just say to everyone around <laughs> you, uh, "Prime," just the word "Prime," and just walk away. <laughs> that's that's the Amazon Prime cut right there. Is, is just punching <laughs> Bezos. I, uh. I I don't know. And and to prove that there's so many layers between what you can do to hurt somebody at that level, um, I'm not sure if you've heard this story, uh, but uh, Elon Musk uh, has a secretary. Uh, and uh, she'd been his secretary for like six, seven years without ever getting a promotion uh, to one of the richest people in the world. And so she wrote him an email one day because she handled all of his stuff. And she was like, I deserve a promotion. And he sent her home and for a month was his own secretary to prove that he could do the job. And at the end of the month, he fired her because he decided he didn't need to pay her that much. So, like, that's the degree that somebody will go to to not pay, like, 50K a year plus health benefits. And, and, and like, that's not even an amount of money that he know he, It's so small he can't even figure it. But he'll, t- he'll take on all of his own work to, uh, to prove a point to somebody that their job wasn't necessary. So, like, yeah, I, I don't know what product or service to stop using. Uh, 
I, I mean, he's, he's cut all of his ties with PayPal, right? Like, he doesn't get any money from that anymore? I have no idea. I've, Probably. I've I think he sold, like, anyway, his... So. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's... Like, there was also the thing uh, where he was just like, I'm going to sleep on the floor to show my yep. workers that I love sleeping on the floor. Or whatever. Whatever the fuck he's doing. He's an idiot. He, he, is, he has the most money in the world, and he's the world's biggest idiot. Like, every rich person is fucking stupid like it's not it's not a thing of like you don't need to be smart to earn money you just have to be evil probably like like it's not there's there's no there's no person there's no billionaire who is a good person because you shouldn't have a billion dollars like that doesn't make any sense to have a billion dollars what are you gonna do with a billion dollars i was i was driving in the car this morning i had just bought breakfast for me and my mom and i'm thinking like what do you, what if i had the only reason i want to get rich is because i could pay off everything that i would need to pay off for me and my friends and my family <laughs> but other than that like i have no use for a billion dollars brock do you know how much a billion dollars is no it is 10 hundred millions like it's so much money why do you need that much money if I had, if I have two boxes of cereal, I'm just like, what am I going to do with all this cereal? A billion dollars. See, I can't get there because uh, the amount of money I make in a year, I will, I have never and will never be able to move the decimal point in that number my entire life. I know that. That decimal point is staying right where it right. is. I can go down, but I will never right. go up in moving that decimal point. So get, getting... Getting even to the next tier of a tax bracket is just impossible for me. Right. Yeah. Like, I do, I keep saying it, but a billion dollars, like, that's that's an, an unfathomable amount of money for for a person, like, one person to have. You know what I would do like, with that money? It's sim- <laughs> Two tricks at the same time. What? No, come on, man. No, no. I, what I would do is is every year on my birthday, I would remaster uh, Red Faction again. <laughs> every year, same game, just remaster it uh, and keep it keep it up to dates. Yeah, why not make a new one? No, no, no. This like is make the a- game. This is the game I want. This is you know I found the video game I like, and it's this game, and I found it ten years ago, and I'm I'm playing it again now, and it's the game I like. <laughs> and I want to be able to like it again all over every year, and people should enjoy that with me. A billion dollars. <laughs> A billion dollars. Like, even companies shouldn't have a billion dollars. <laughs> like, like a movie, there are, a there movie are whole studio governments around the world that don't have a billion dollars. I ha- there's governments around the world that I have more money than. Like, uh, like, I in a, in a way, like I can understand when a movie makes like a hundred million dollars or something like that. Uh-huh. Like when when like it's shown all across the world, like a bunch of like, oh, this movie made this much money. Like as a conglomeration of money, it has made this much money. Okay, but f- but. For one person, like one company, one person to have that much money is insane because it's not just, hey, 
this thing that I made sold this much. It's, hey, I used a bunch of weird practices and underhanded stuff to get this much money. It's not, it's not the goodwill of, oh man, I've been, I've been selling, uh, my grandma gave me this recipe and she said, Hey, you should, you should use this in your company. Like (laughs) it wasn't some poor struggling person. It's like, I have, I have a hundred million billion trillion dollars because when, when I started my company, I just kept putting money. I, I just kept, I didn't pay anyone else. Like I paid everyone else $5 while I paid myself $50, even though I didn't do any, any physical work. I was just the one who was in charge and telling everyone what to do. Elon Musk. It's weird that this is the least political album we've ever listened to. And somehow we wound (laughs) up here. Well, because like like this album is the opposite of this is anti-flag. Let's talk as if if we were doing an anti-flag album. (laughs) Well, because this album, it's it's semi-political, but it's like it's positive. Like you said, like it's not like it gives me hope that people believe in something or just like, hey, if we work together, we can do this. That's what like I feel like this whole album is Uh like even the last uh even the last song on the album is uh, is about like making a legacy and passing it on of doing something good, and I don't think any like going back to Anti Flag, there aren't bands that do that. They're just like, man, everything fucked up, right? Ah, music, Rage Against the Machine, um, but. I don't know. It, it, uh, it makes me, it really makes me angry. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I've I've I think I think I yelled everything out of my tank. Fair enough. <laughs> so uh so would you recommend this album I to rec- people? I recommend you to people. More people should be your friend. <laughs> I think in general, I think in general, like we, we just had, a, I love getting to have 25 minutes of friend time with you every week. Where, where, like, so, this week I was like, something's up with him. I feel like there's something, something inside of him that's not sitting right. I feel like we just shook it loose. And in the process, I feel like I shook something loose too. Just get, just getting to laugh with a bud. That's what life's all about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I keep having good. a, I keep having a, I keep having a point at Samson because he's like licking his paws like on my bed and he drools when he licks his paws. So I'm just like, stop doing that. And he just like, he just like defeatedly laid his hand down, laid his head down. Well, at least he understands Sam. what you're saying. <laughs> he just shot, he just shot up and looked at me. Come here. <laughs> Get over here. He's just looking at me. That's, that's one of those good boys. Anyway. <laughs> he just looks he just looks at me like defeatedly looks at me like nobody loves me and i'm just like literally everyone pays you attention all the time you you know that's how i feel about you bud <laughs> when, when you're on twitter saying i'm ugly and i don't like dating or apps and I'm like buddy everyone likes likes the terrence boy so he, what you're saying is he's the perfect dog for me 
No, what I'm saying is the two of you have engaged in this spiral downward, and you both need to stop. <laughs> uh, Brock, where, where are you? Where are you online? I'm at Brock Wilbur uh, on on Twitter and, and such places. Uh, you can uh, find my other podcast, Carrying Into the Void, and Missouri Loves Companies. Missouri Loves Company on the iTunes. Uh, Terrence, where can people? Missouri find hates you? companies because that's capitalism. Oh, you. <laughs> uh you can find me on twitter at the black nerd and i have uh whatever we call is a podcast uh, i have a new one coming out that i still need to edit that i haven't uh, called memory card it's a video game podcast uh and then i've been streaming on twitch at twitch.tv slash the black nerd and i also edit podcasts like this one and uh memory card and missouri loves company and I'm trying to think, do I have anything else to plug? Uh, I got nothing else. I got nothing else to plug. I was going to plug uh, yesterday or two days ago was the, the one year anniversary of the most popular thing I ever wrote, which was me calling David Cage an asshole for multiple paragraphs. Uh, so, I mean, you can find that. It, it's on the, if you, if you Google David Cage, you will find a paste article. Uh, that I have written. Oh yeah, everyone well, should read that. that. You know, uh, I had a dream the other night that I, I bought Det- Detroit. Uh huh. Because that's one of those things that, like, I think we all agreed on. Like, no one's buying it. Like, to, uh, there's there's no reason for him to get any more of anybody's money. There's no reason to write write it or review about it or anything. But I had a dream that I I did so, and in the dream, you were very mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if somehow, uh, if it was, like, a drunk purchase and I tweeted at you, like, Terrence, you won't believe what I've done, you would be less mad than if I consciously was like, you know what, I think I have to see and I will use money that I earned through capitalism <laughs> to get this. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a, I, I'm going through a weird series of dreams where friends yell at me about things, and this was yours. This was your tape. Uh, this, you're my 13 reasons why, and there are 13 reasons why not to buy a David Cage game, because uh, Terrence will yell at you. <laughs> yeah, I will do that. Um, anyway, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, review the show on iTunes. I don't know if it's on any other it's on Stitcher, Same. but I, I don't know that our reviews on Stitcher matter. You can leave one there. There is a comment section. So. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, iTunes reviews help with visibility. So reviewing it helps a lot. Um, do a five star. No more of these, these idiot four star reviews. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Who's giving this four stars? This is, this is top notch friend content. Even if you don't like emo <laughs> bands, you probably like the back and forth that Terrence and I have being, being buds. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Brock, thank you for recording this podcast. Sure, thank you. Yelling. <laughs> yelling along with me. Uh, enjoy your cats. We're going to go. We're, I'm going to go play video games. What are you going to do? I think you know that my birthday plans are to remaster Red Faction every year. So, yeah, I got to get through this year's version. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, as always, we're the coolest kids and we take what we can get. Thank you guys for listening.